Thank you for joining us today for the Conform to Christ podcast, where we seek to engage the mind, affect the heart, and call people to follow Christ. I'm Jay Jones, here with George Mays, as always, and special guest Shane Phillips or Dallas. Shane Phillips. Huh? I saw Dallas on. That is my like, middle hmm. name. That is my middle name. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I saw you came up on my, uh, on social media as Shane Dallas. I was like, oh, I wonder if this is in, this is incognito, huh? Not anymore. No. <laughs> not anymore. No. Jason not, just completely anymore. out of them. <laughs> I'm not a Cowboys fan, though. Uh-huh. So uh, Shane's here with us. Uh, we're going to uh, interview him today about his testimony. And uh, you've been coming to our church now for maybe I don't know, maybe a month. What do you think? Yeah, it's probably been two. Two months. Probably about two. Yeah, yeah. So you and your wife are about to about to join our church and. I just had some conversations with you, and I thought, you know what, this would be interesting to record this stuff, because there's some things about your, your life that I, like some things I had never even heard of that were out there in the world, and I think it's a good testimony, a good reminder. I think we need to uh, remember that uh, the gospel is powerful, and and uh, anyone can be saved literally at mm-hmm. any time, and all the person needs for that is to have access to the gospel, and God does God, God does the work. So we may we may look at people and we may think I don't know how I would reach that person or how do, how does the gospel get to that person and so the testimonies I think like yours are good for the church to remember um, that the gospel is the power of God to salvation so thanks for coming in thank you for having yeah, me looking forward to interviewing you yep we've also got a special guest behind the camera we got do. Parker over here trying to not mess up. Yeah, yeah, we've got uh, a good job so far, Parker. <laughs> what, what do they call it, producer? Producer, you're the producer yeah. today. What kind of what kind of stuff you got for us, George, to warm oh, us it's up? Been, you know, it's been a while. We haven't been doing this for a while. Oh, a special shout out to uh, <laughs> two of our two of our uh, members, Wayne and Leslie. They, yeah, they uh, surprised us with uh, just a sack load of cream sodas uh-huh. this week. So I'm trying out and snack packs. Lunch. Trying out Jones's cane sugar soda. I've never seen that. I've never, yeah. Stock it up. Stock it up. I've never, uh, I've never seen clear cream soda before. Here it is. It's pretty good. So, just a big thank you to Wayne and Leslie for doing that. Uh, Well, I ran across something this uh, this past week, and then Philip sent it to me, and then I was talking to you, and you hadn't heard about it, so I was like. This podcast material. (laughs) This is from Woke Preacher Clips. He always finds the good stuff. Yeah. Like, you ever wonder, like, how does this guy find all this stuff? I don't know, man. He just scout. He must be, maybe he's retired. He just scours the internet. Maybe. Or people send it to him. I don't know. Either way, he finds good stuff. Yeah. Um, Well, let's, uh, I've got a clip from. A woman pastor, mm-hmm. and she uh, she had an idea for something new for the church. So we'll watch the clip, and then I'll, I'll bring up the uh, I'll bring up the words so that we can all see them together. Okay, you ready? I'm ready. Let's see. Uh, let's see if this if this works for me. Oops. Oh goodness! You got to sign in, man. Uh, no, I don't want to. I invite you to rise in body or spirit. Hang on a second. And let us confess our... Yes. Invite you to rock. yes do you Are you know? assuming gender? <laughs> he totally did. He did, for sure. 
It's a oh, toss up. My apologies. That's a toss up, my friend. You know? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think we're safe to make that assumption. <laughs> I hope so. Toss up these days. Yeah. Everything I saw when I was reading about it was she. Ah. So, all right. I invite you to rise in body or spirit and let us confess our faith today in the words of the Sparkle Creed. <laughs> Stupid. I believe in the non binary God oh whose gosh. pronouns are plural. Um, I believe what? in Jesus Christ, their child, who wore a fabulous what? tunic and had two dads. What? saw everyone as a sibling child of God. I believe in the rainbow spirit who shatters our image of one white light and refracts it into a rainbow of gorgeous diversity. I believe in the church of everyday saints as numerous, creative, and resilient as patches on the ace quilt, whose feet are grounded in mud and whose eyes gaze at the stars in wonder. I believe in the calling to each of us that love is love is love. So beloved, let us love. I believe, glorious God, help my unbelief. Amen. Wow. <coughs> so, uh, and then she threw glitter in the air. There, that had to be a skit. That wasn't real. No, that's real, bro. That that. <laughs> no, that's that's real, man. That's real. Uh, so here you go. I've it's got the. the uh, I've I pulled it up for you. She uh, she, you know, we've got the Apostles' Creed, and she thought, oh, that's, yeah, we need an updated. Creed. We need an updated creed. Yeah. And so she decided. Oh, uh, here's the backstory. It's it's here on the tweet. I was voiced to texting the Apostles' Creed to a colleague, and it translated as the Sparkle Creed. I don't know how that happens. I decided that's exactly what we need for Pride Month, so here's my first jab at it. Feel free to share it if it moves you. I'm sharing it even though it does not move me at all. But I thought, I thought uh, Jay, here's the Sparkle Creed. Uh, it's the, uh, the Bofa, Bofamet Creed. The what? Bofamet. Bofamet? Ashera. Moloch. I don't oh, know. Yeah. Yeah. We're dealing with a whole other religion now. What did you. Bofamet? Yeah. Is that <laughs> Baphomet, you mean? Baphomet? Is that... <laughs> I was like, he's in a ballpark, but maybe I pronounced it wrong. Yeah. And my pronunciations aren't, aren't all the best. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is wild stuff, bro. Um, where does it all end? No one knows. Round and round we go. It's funny. One of the um, one of the lines is, "I believe in the rainbow spirit who shatters our image of one white light and refracts it into a rainbow of gorgeous diversity." And I saw a, a picture of the congregation. Are <laughs> the they all white? They're all white. <laughs> <laughs> of, course. of course. Of course. Yeah. <clears throat> This is uh, quickly becoming the religion of uh, white liberal women. Mm-hmm. Huh? This stuff. Yeah. Yeah. They all have like a pet child that's trans. Have you noticed that? Mm-hmm. It's like a, it used to be those little dogs, you know, like <laughs> like, like, uh, like rich white girls the used dog to carry around little dogs purse. in a little purse. Mm-hmm. Dogs. Yeah. <laughs> now what they do is they just scramble their kid's brain mm. and they make them trans. Right. And that's like their token. Well, what was it? The the Disney executive that she said she had two, two kids that were trans and what someone did the the yeah. math on it yeah like this is it would be astronomically yeah. impossible yeah um 
It's everywhere. It's just, all just, of them, dude. Just, it just... All of the Hollywood actresses all oh, have yeah. a trans kid. Oh, like, yeah. It's, it's crazy. It's, uh, it's mental illness begetting <clears throat> mental illness. They're, they're trying to... They're trying to outdo each other and how woke they can be. Yeah. And so they're projecting it onto their kids. And their kids are just probably just being kids. Yeah. And they're like, oh, you like you like playing with dolls? Oh, you must be a girl. Right. Um, and yeah, that they're just they're just trying to outdo one another and you yeah. know, how how woke they can be. Uh-huh. You've got two trans kids, I've got three. Right. <laughs> yeah. Sad but true. Yeah. It is, yeah. It all isn't it weird though, like how all of these things still fall into these two categories. Mm. Like they can't shake it right. They're like, oh, you like to play with dolls. Yeah, well, that you must mean you're a girl, <clears throat> right? You can't well, escape like yeah, these. Yeah, you can't escape God's world. You can't escape the like. There is this distinction that though they want to say there's a million different ones, they're still judging based off of like activity and like what they like to do, trying to f- box them into this category. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I have conversations with my with my little one all the time, Evangeline, because she's so uh, she's so active. I mean, she's a tomboy, you know, big time, and so I just know she's going to be bombarded her whole life with messaging that she's not a real girl. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I am, so I'm always telling her like, "How did how, how did God make you? I'm a girl. Is it special to be a girl? Yes, I'm special to be a girl. God made me wonderful. Mm. You know." So you have to like do that or else every like I mean you can't even take your kids to a Disney movie anymore. You know what I mean? Or they're gonna they're gonna try to like brainwash your kid and <clears throat> they're trans. Mm-hmm. You know? It's yep. crazy, dude. Can't take them to Target, man. Never mind. Yeah, we don't go to Target. We're <laughs> done with Target. We're done with Target. We're one of the people that were like, that's it. So don't no need to go there. Yeah. We'll just go to Walmart and, you know, wait longer, I guess. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, the Sparkle Creed, huh? Well, going back to the the Sparkle Creed, I'm looking at it, you know, they they want to they want to try to say, well, God is non-binary. I believe in a non-binary God whose pronouns are plural. And they're just they they just have no no theological understanding. Like you can't you can't talk about God in the in the language of gender or sexuality because he he's not he right. doesn't he doesn't have gender right. or sexuality God is spirit he's not he doesn't have a body <clears throat> and so to try to take all of our depraved notions of of sex and how mm-hmm. how the world just twists and distorts it and then try to back it up with well that's what god's like right. is um it's just absolutely insane uh-huh yeah and the way god chose to reveal himself to us is as a father and they can't abide by that right the, the universe is patriarchal mm-hmm. and that just makes them they the you know that a meltdown right a super meltdown mm-hmm. so it's a transformative thing, though, you know, when you think about it as as Jesus transformed how people interact with God as a father. Like, that's a totally foreign thing in the history of all religion, that someone could even dare to say that, that God is our father in heaven. Um, and that's how God chose to reveal himself. So I think, you know, that's what we go with, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. It's just not 
it's just not good enough. Um, for because we're dealing with different religions, it's everywhere. But it's not just in the weird woke woke stuff, or even in the weird, you know, trans church <clears throat> stuff. Um, it's just all around us here in evangelicals. Quote evangelicals. We're dealing with two different religions. <clears throat> My kids remind me of this often, whether they're with other kids at sporting events and, you know, somebody comes and gives a lesson and they're going, like, what religion are we talking about here? This is supposedly <laughs> evangelical <laughs> devotional, and you supposedly yeah. are an evangelical Christian, but this devotion you gave is like another religion. Mm -hmm. So it's everywhere, man. Yeah, it's There's like historic biblical Christianity, and then you got about, you know, 10 imitations out there. Ten, yeah. I would say there's as many imitations yeah. as there are uh, genders. No. <laughs> yeah. And the, the the bad thing is, is some of them are uh, presenting themselves as real Christianity. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Sure. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So that stuff, to me, um, you know, I'm I'm preaching from Philippians, where mm -hmm. the very strong warning to watch out for dogs, evildoers, mm -hmm. mutilators of flesh. Um, mutilators of flesh, huh? Um, but the real danger is always within what looks like real Christianity. Mm -hmm. So the danger, like that stuff's not a real danger to us yeah. or to the church people or even to Christianity. It's from within mm -hmm. uh, the one the ones that hold to majority orthodox stuff and then add like even a little bit to the gospel. That's right. always where the real threat is. Mm -hmm. So... In a way, almost, I look at this stuff and I laugh because I'm like, it's you know, ridiculous. They're going to, it's just going to collapse. Yeah. I know in like another, this that won't even be around in another fifty years. I mean, why? Have, why would you? Why would you lay down your life for this? This kind of religion, mm. like what? If it's the well, we're all God's children, and He loves all of us equally, and it doesn't matter what you do or who you are or what religion you are. Like, well, why do I need to come and recite the Sparkle Creed on <laughs> Sunday morning? Like, why, right, exactly. Why can't I go to brunch? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no, there's no reason to do it. Yeah, uh, yeah. You're right, man. I feel you feel like you're in, like in Wonderland, mm -hmm. like Alice in Wonderland, almost. Like, what what is going on in this world? Yeah. Like, I would imagine they would have to prohibit people from reading an actual Bible in order to like not see the oh like, yeah the cognitive dis dissidence immediately. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? People don't read that. Yeah, they don't. They don't read with the uh, with the. Um, there's like a dumbing down of of all Westerners to where they're have gotten away from anything that requires any amount of effort intellectually, you know what I'm saying? Not just in the in the church, uh, just everywhere, but now what you see in the church is, okay, what 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 type of things are growing in like in America? Well, it's paganism, it's spiritualism, you know, it's a return to like I need power crystals and stuff and I need new, to new age. Yeah, yeah, I need affirmations. to I'm going to wear my Thor's hammer necklace cuz it's going to ward off like, you know, the wood spirits and weird stuff. Um, but anything that requires no actual study and no engagement of the mind. Whereas what are we called to do? Be transformed by the renewal of your mind. So God we're made in God's image, which means we are intelligent people with dignity 
And so we approach God through our mind. Now, that affects the emotions in the heart, but we talk about it often. You can't turn off the first part. Like God communicated through words and sentences and paragraphs and books, which means you have to engage your mind if you want to know God. People don't want that. So the rise of spiritualism, uh, paganism, like I said, like Chris, like the same people will be like, oh, you believe in the resurrection of the dead? So stupid. Uh, give me some of those magic crystals, right? They're selling that, them, the trading them, like and that's the where, whole industry. <laughs> that's where we are. So I think what you'll see more is the Christ, quote, quote unquote Christianity in America that you'll see grow in the next fifty years will be the kind that completely you have you're completely completely disengaged with your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the type of stuff that will continue to grow, whereas historical Christianity will be fine, but it's not going to be anywhere close to as popular as it has been. I mean, you're seeing that already, but um, yeah. <coughs> I've got another clip unless you want to transition. You ever feel like you're uh, you're ever you're like um, sitting out in a recliner, like chilling, enjoying God with like a uh, Arnold Palmer and just watching the world burn? <laughs> around you because that's what i feel like sometimes you know what i'm saying no, I, I got i'm like you. dude i, I wake up you. i woke it wake up today and i'm like how is god judging us today mm-hmm. judging the judging the culture we live in well not judging us but i mean that's yeah. kind of what i feel like mm-hmm. like we're on we're on the deck of the titanic and we're going down mm. and uh that's some yeah. some interesting imagery you i know to it yeah. i feel like that but i didn't put the imagery to it it's quite <laughs> <Yeah>. like that <laughs> Yeah, that's where we are. God chose; He put us here. That's that's this is mm-hmm. His plan. We're in the middle of it, right? So, we just be faithful. Everything will be all right. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. All right. Let's talk about <laughs> Let's talk about Shane. Okay. Eighteen minutes in. You like how smooth the transitions are? Yeah, that was super Jay smooth. is a pro. He's a pro. There's, yeah, I, I, I learn. I learn so much from him every mm-hmm. every day. <laughs> you're our filler guy. You, yeah. you, yeah. You're on the ready. <laughs> so, Shane Dallas Phillips, you tell us. Tell us about your life. <laughs> Let's start at the beginning. All right, you got an interesting interesting testimony to how you came to know the Lord. So, where'd you grow up? So, I grew up in Boston, Massachusetts. Um, New England, heart of New England, right? Um, and I grew up in an area where it was like real diverse in terms of the inner city. So, you know, you have um, you have West Indian, Caribbean people. You have the Hispanic population that's also diverse. You have the Irish, um, Irish Catholic um, that state claim to Boston and, and the legends of Whitey <laughs> Bulger and the Red Sox. Uh, so that's that's kind of the the melting pot that I grew up in the inner city. How of, far from Fenway? No more than fifteen minutes. I drove by Fenway every day on the way to school and uh. and back. So I lived in the inner city, but I attended a suburban school. So I didn't go to Boston public schools. Um, and so, do it. My dad was he was big on education, so he made it a priority to get me uh, a edu- educational opportunity. Um, outside of what was in 
the public schools in the city. Okay. So All that right. that that trend that uh that commute every day, right by Fenway. Yeah. Back and forth. All right. For about twelve years. Did you grow up around Christianity at all, or? So my mother was the first one to introduce me to any concept or any semblance of Christianity and God. My dad wasn't necessarily a believer at all. Okay. So, you know, early on, my mom had gotten from her mother, which both of my parents are immigrants. So they, they immigrated in the United States in like the late 70s and early 80s. And my mom brought um, her religion that she'd known. And I... and. After coming to faith, I did my my research and realized is, um, you know, coming out of Barbados, the island that both of my parents are from, had a strong. I mean, they were ruled by the Queen of England and the British Empire, so there was still that heavy Roman Catholic influence. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I didn't grow up going to church, although I had cousins and family that did attend church. But most of that was um, now, look, again, doing my research after coming to faith and knowing about different denominations within Protestantism. Um, it was a heavy Pentecostal, charismatic influence around me, and it still is in, in the city. Back is that just there in the city, or that came from Barbados too? So both, both, because interesting enough, I uh, I just went back to Barbados on a, for a family reunion this past December, and so... Uh, my wife and I were looking for a place to attend church uh, on, on Sunday, and I had to search out and found one Reformed Baptist church. Everything else was like Episcopal and um, uh, Anglican type of um, hmm. denomination. That was like all I had to pick from, but I found huh. one faithful. It was like a church plant from Canada, huh. um, and it was it was definitely uh, it was awesome to worship, but I... My wife and I, we got to know a couple that gave us a ride back to our our part of the island where we were staying, and they were saying um, it was it's a big influence of the prosperity gospel and the word mm. of faith movement throughout the Caribbean islands, mm. or what was known as the British West Indies. So, um, Brit, uh, Reformed Baptist Church is like it was probably one of the few on the island. Yeah. So wow. even now today, sound doctrine yeah. isn't necessarily yeah. popular. So you grew up uh, kind of in that environment, not a Christian, maybe a little bit of a Catholic or Episcopal background with your mother, and you ended up going to college to play golf, right? I did. I did. Um, so I learned, um, I lived next to a zoo and a golf course, like in the inner city, right? <laughs> and uh, just through a summer camp opportunity... <clears throat> I, I picked up the sport, got hooked, happened to be good at it, and uh, got a got a college scholarship. Got a little bit of got recruited a little bit by a few different schools, and I moved to uh, Texas to attend Texas Southern University in 2006. And okay. So, um, but I guess rewinding back to so you had you had the the Christianity influence there, but also in my neighborhood you had. Um, the Nation of Islam, which is a like a black liberation offspring of um, of Islam, and you had all different like whatever direction you wanted to go, you could yeah. go. Huh. So yeah, you were telling me that's kind of like a big area for for that, right? For Nation. Yeah. Islam. So like you, anyone familiar with 
with uh, that sect, that religious sect, knows that Malcolm X and the Farrakhan, the minister, um, are notable people in, in, in that religious sect. And they they have foundations in, in the neighborhoods that I came I come from. So um, you know, you would you I would I would grow up and I would see, you know, growing up I would see the guys in bow ties and handing out newspapers. And so you just had a divert it was a cultural and a religious diverse landscape growing up. But at the same time a very, very secular um environment. You know, um cut moving to the army moving me to Laden and, and moving to the South first through college and then exploring the South is dr- dramatically different. Um, knowing what the Bible Belt is now in the environment and the landscape that I grew up in. Okay. So. So you were telling me you got involved in a couple of cults. What was your introduction back home or like at college or did that come later? So you, you leave home, you go to become a golfer, D1 golfer. Um, was it that when you kind of in, were introduced to it or later? So it was a little bit of both. So I guess I got to start with kind of where I was growing up, especially in my adolescence years. Um, I, there was a search for meaning for me for whatever reason, you know, I, I was searching for like, what, what, what is this life thing about? Um, so I didn't have any reason to divert necessarily from what my mom had taught me. So I definitely believed in a concept of God. And so moving forth, um, moving forth to like my college years, I'm far away from home for the first time. It was introduced to me. Some things were different um, philosophies and ideologies um, that um, pretty much proposed that, yeah, so you don't need to pray. Man is God. Like that whole Christianity thing, um, that's, that ain't it. And so um, it was intriguing from an intellectual stimulation standpoint. However, I didn't necessarily buy into it. I didn't really, um, I wasn't emotionally moved to like pursue down those rabbit holes. And so um, after college, joined the army. Um, and early on in my army career, things didn't necessarily. What, what go. were you going in the army? What was your goal to go in the army? So going in the army, my goals. So I left college. I left the um, my, my my golfing career, collegiate golfing career, and so my goal was to be a Green Beret, a Special Forces operator, in the army. And I was working towards that goal. Um, I had got like you know past the little uh, the selection process. And so, so that's a big deal. Like, you don't, don't just don't just brush over it like it's not a big deal. <laughs> so you actually made it through the selection process, I which did. is a very elaborate and detailed, painful experience. And you made it. So you made it through that. And so you I think did. probably at this time you think, man, like I'm I'm almost there to my goal. I'm on my way. Like you're selected to be a Green Beret. You just have to pass a few more things. Well, about a year more training. So yeah. like, my, my, my to go to a team. To go to a team, and so. Um, that was, that's where things came crumbling down. Um, and so I got, I got kicked out of the course or I failed some tests. Um, and so I I was shown the door. And so at that point I just, this is like my early twenties. So at that point I distinctively remember, um, saying, well, God, I prayed like this, this, this concept of God was only a transactual concept that I had learned. You pray and God gives you things, right? Yeah, you um, you try to 
try to be a good person, pray, and God will bless you. Exactly. And so I had, I thought I was praying fervently to be successful at this, you know, what I wanted to give my, my, my life to in, in, in military service. And I failed miserably. So, um, and not, and not getting what I want, I chose, I chose, um, to, uh, revisit some of those, um, ideologies and philosophies that I had been introduced to. And so, um, that led me to joining my first cult. Um, and, and you got to realize like in, in, in these, in these, I guess, I mean, I think the, the correct word is cult, but in these, um, what's the word I'm looking for in these communities, um, you're not, you don't think you're joining a cult, right? You think that, you know, there's, there's a pseudo intellectual, um, stimulation and you, people, you, you meet people and they seem to, to know a little bit more than you. And there's a curriculum of like enrollment. Where were um, you introduced to this cult through, through the military or through friends, <clears throat> like in another way? So I introduced by one of my college professors, uh-huh. um, and is actually my English college professor. What, what did you go to college for? So initially, I was going to college for economics. Okay, that was my um, that was my first um, my first major, and so uh, I met this professor and you know started talking about where he was from, where like New England, uh, New Jersey, and I was from Massachusetts. So we're, we're both in middle of Texas. I'm 18 years old. I don't really I don't know anyone. So like that was like oh you're from back home. And so that was the first introduction to um, the, it's called the Nation of God's Nerfs, right? So their, their core foundational, um, their core foundational precept would be the black man is God. And, and they take you through this curriculum of enrollment and it's all, um, the history is found in the offshoot of the Nation of Islam, right? So they take, um, a lot of the teachings of Elijah Muhammad and, and, and early Malcolm X before he actually converted to um, mainstream Islam, and they take those um, th- that curriculum and pretty much allegorize it all and say, yeah, like, and then religion becomes the arch enemy. Period. Right? Any religion, whether it's Islam or Christianity, and so you're told you're living this, uh, you're living a culture. Um, and you know, it's a lot of smoke and mirrors, but for someone, um, in the, in, in the right place in their life, um, it seems attractive. And then you also got to realize and in, in, in coming to faith and learning theology and doing my own study, I realized it was, it was liberation theology. That's what it really is. And so, um, you have, um, you have places that, that stuff, um, that, that type of thought really thrives, you know what I mean? Inner city or in, in, in the prisons, you know, this type of, um, I don't need this God outside of myself, this type of straight up arrogant pride. And with a little bit of, um, pseudo pseudo knowledge, it seems like it's a tabletop, um, of belief. And then you're 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 young as a young man being like okay well these older men have been you know they must know the right way and if you have any type of um, any type of thought of identity meaning or purpose if you're searching 
Um, I tell people all the time, like in searching for the truth at an early age, I found all the wrong lies, mm. you know? And I spent my 20s in that darkness. So that's the first call. <laughs> so you went So you went into that, like you jumped in after your failure uh, uh, to, to be, finish and become Green Beret. Do you jump into that cult more deeply? Or? Yes, I get fully, like I, I search out, you know, it started through like the internet and reaching out to people in this community. Um, what, what was it called again? The Nations, the Gods and Earths, or also known as the 5% Nation. Okay. So like there, another one of the key concepts is that um, there's only a 5% of the population that knows the truth and teaches the truth. They call themselves poor righteous teachers. Um, and then like you have the 10%, which would be like the government and you know any type of Illuminati type of cultural figure that you wanna place that stamp on. Mm. And then you have the 85% of the population that is deaf, uh, dumb, deaf, and blind. And so um, those two uh, concepts, one being the black man or the is the original man and man being God, um, and then the concept of you're now of the 5%. You're the special enlightened. In, you, enlightened. You, were, you were woke. Woke. Woke before woke was, That's right. <laughs> was a thing or a common thing. Yeah. Is there a lot of conspiracy theories involved in that? I guess. There, there's, there's, there's some. There's some. But it's, it's giving people that are searching for identity in the wrong places. I, I ideally, you know, it just like I mean it goes you can look at it like why do teenagers typically join gangs? Mm -hmm. Same idea like okay. um for me, I I personally lost my my father at 11 years old, so like right at the timing of that happening, I'm about 21 and I had, you know, through coaches and different things I had people that attempted to to be a father figure, but that was only around um, that was only around like kind of what I had going on, whether it was golf or um, even school. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't around like the deeper questions that one of your sons would come and ask you, like, what does this mean? Or like, what, what should I do? Like, sure. so, yeah. Okay. So you're in this and what, what is kind of like your life like at that time? Like, do you go into like a uh, spiral to where... You just because um, your one goal you had in life you didn't you didn't meet it right so do you go you go into a darker place or what I would say um, I mean straight up I be I became a full fledged alcoholic you know this is around let's say this is twenty two twenty three um, and so at this time um, in the army I was functioning like I was by by soldiering standards you know I right. was right place right time. Yeah. Um, I could run five miles in 40 minutes and like, but on my off time, I lived how I wanted to live. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and so you live in the infantry life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, That's the culture, right? That, that, that is, that, that was the culture then. And so, you know, you have all these false identities and badges of honor, whether it's, you know, I'm a paratrooper, I jump out of airplanes. Um, and then on my person, in my personal life, like, yeah, everyone, you guys believe in that church and that God thing. Yeah. Like you guys really don't know. I know the truth because I got all these buddies that have studied. So they, you know, man is God and 
and and guess what like i'll go and um you know dig into the 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 bias history and pull out what fits mm. um this tabletop of beliefs and so um that gave me a false security you know of 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 being okay but my life wasn't okay like you know i was um where are you at this time fort bragg yeah or- i was actually at in fort bragg north carolina at okay. this time um and so this you know i had got married um and so my 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 first wife she didn't really have a found any concepts of god too so like it was you know i was it was like confirmation bias in a lot of ways of the people that i had around me um and then even in the infantry culture at work it's um it's a secular culture you know right yeah for sure so yeah that's i spent Unfortunately, I spent a lot of my twenties in that in that darkness, thinking that I was making some intellectual ascent. So the, during this time, trying to like understand, like kind of get in your mind, would you say even though you were in that, that's the truth you professed? Did you feel like, um, you know what? There's some part of me that's just com- incomplete. Well, I would say I knew something was wrong. I would, I would definitely say I, I, I knew something was wrong because I knew that I was living um, incongruent with all the ideals. And then everyone that like the, the elders, quote unquote, or the more um, the older guys that I was hanging around and in this community, um, I, I knew it was incongruent to this this idea of God, right? I was living how I wanted to do, living how I wanted to live. And um, yeah, so I would say- Did you ever feel guilty during that time? Like when you would do things? Oh, for sure. Did you for ever sure. Did you ever wonder like, where does this come from, this guilt? Why? I didn't necessarily wonder where this, where the guilt came from. I felt the guilt and I do remember distinctively um, telling, having conversations in my head of well like what if i die and like i'm all wrong but what if i die and i'm right oh well it was like oh well continue to live how i'm living you know what i mean it wasn't an urgency there but i do remember having those conversations in my head wow you know so how do you go from this cult you'll have to walk us through your life to the next one okay (laughs) so this is about let's say this about 24 25 and so I still carried some of the concepts, but um, I ended up PCSing back to Colorado from North Carolina, um, and I was kind of removed from the community. So for PCSing, for those listening, that means he the the army moved him to a different place. Yeah, exactly. So the army moved me, and so at this point, um, I'm in Colorado in life. From you know the the alcohol the alcoholism accelerates, um, and I run into some issues in my career, and so now at this point I don't really have I'm not in contact with any of the the friend group that I had adopted in this whole culture, um, so I'm out there really just accelerating into whatever I want to do you know my lifestyle of sin whether it was. You know, um, you know that, like I said, the alcoholism or you know the sexual immorality, like all that is a mainstay. All these vices are a mainstay in my life, and um, I'm not really part of what I used to be part of. Or mm-hmm. um, and so 
I end up uh, reclassifying my job. So I changed my job from infantry in the army um, to air defense. Um, and so in doing so, I had to um, I had to come to Fort Sill for the first time um, to change my job. And so and go through my my training, uh, my, my new training. And so in doing that, I met a friend in the army that was um, he was a, a Freemason. And so I knew that or actually I didn't know that yet. But either way, he was a, a, a reclass as, as we would call him in, uh, in, in, the, in the lingo. And so me and him became quick friends for the, what, for the 20 weeks that I was stationed here in, in, in 2018. And so um, at that point, um, my marriage completely fell apart. Um, and so I ended up having, um, coming under investigation in the army. And that's a whole long story. Um, either way, so I get, uh, I get, I get stuck here in uh, Fort Sill and my graduating class graduates and they all go on to the new duty stations with their new, uh, with their new military uh, occupational specialties or the new jobs in the army. And so I'm supposed to go to Korea. I never make it to Korea. So this is April, um, this is June of 2018. Um, and so I end up the army ends up sending me back to Colorado where I was stationed after I moved from Fort Bragg. Um, and so I'm there again, like religion or any idea of like this, this search for meaning and purpose and all that stuff. That's not even relevant in my life at this point. I'm looking at the, the, the short term target of, the investigation and the court proceedings and the divorce and all that is like the big bad monster in my life. Um, all at the, at the same time living how I want to live. Um, and so I end up finally, um, moving past the investigation. Um, and then the army decides to retain me and I move to I finally get to Korea where all my classmates ended up going to for their first duty station. And so I, I get to Korea in the the end of 2019 and I, I don't know anyone, right? I don't know anyone in this new job field in the army. I don't know anyone um, that's at that current um, duty station, but I see my same friend that I saw in AIT. Um, and so I start hanging out with him and I come to find out he's a Freemason. And I see a whole bunch of other like younger guides, younger guys that are gravitating around him. I'm like, yo, what is this thing about? And I wasn't completely um, I wasn't completely sold or looking to identify with the with the new a new uh, new gang or a new cult. But at the same time, he was a friend. So like by association, I start hanging out with the, the, this new group of guys and he he pretty much what would you call that um i wouldn't say solicit but you know he uh propositioned me like hey come find out what it's about because i started asking questions like why are these guys all like look up to you in this manner like why are they all like flock to you you know when we go out um and so in being curious i was like whatever i'll go check it out and so um that's 
that starts the story of me getting, um, becoming a Freemason. And it was more, um, I, I would say it was, it was a begrudging side of me because it was like I wasn't really interested, but I was doing it to stay loyal to my friendship. Um, and so... I, go ahead. I don't want to interrupt your story, but we, we might... I'd like to hear yeah. a little bit more about Freemasons because I think when people hear about Freemasons, they don't think cult. I've got I've got a I've got a a relative, kind of distant relative who's a Freemason. It's all about brotherhood and, and yeah, brotherhood got, charity. They'll say you've all got that the stuff. You got the Shriners. Yep. You know, um, so maybe maybe when when you get to a spot that would be oh no, okay no. To we're, we're going to unpack yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I had to unpack. Yeah, that yeah. From talk where I was talk at. about what what why it's a cult. Yeah. Okay. Um, so before I get to that, I'll just finish the transition. So I end up becoming a member of, um, the, the Freemasons and this, this local lodge, this military lodge in Korea. And so the idea was the first thing is you can't be in order to be, to be, um, become a member, you can't be an atheist. You can't be a stated outright atheist. So you have to believe in a concept of, of God. Right. And so, you know, they do have, you know, they'll they'll put the Bible right there in, in the center and you swear on the Holy Bible. But um, I came to realize really fast. I was like, whoa, how? Like, OK, so the Bible's out and like it would it would be, you know, like their favorite where, where they typically go is Ecclesiastics. That's the only like you don't you don't learn about Jesus isn't said of like none of that. So like. You know, it's more of a symbol, and that's it. Um, and so immediately it hit me in the face, like, hold on. Like, I'm at that point in my life, I was feeling a – I was truly feeling the call of God, but I knew what I was doing and, like, who I – like, this this group that I was affiliated with now, um, it was, like, it, it, was, it wasn't the same thing. And so one afternoon – I was sitting in my room and I love documentaries. That's why I like Marvel movies and things like that. Like they're cool, but like I, it's hard for me to anything that's fictional. It's hard for me to really wrap my mind around it. Either way, I'm scrolling through YouTube and there's the door. No, <laughs> <laughs> anything that's um, so anything that's nonfiction, I really, you know, documentaries are really um, captures my attention. And so just kind of looking for the next intellectual stimulation, I came across a documentary and this documentary was named The American Gospel, Christ Alone. And so I hear this voice. Now I know that the voice is Paul Washer and I just hear this, um, this, I hear the gospel and I hear him start teaching them these things that I never heard of, like penal substitu uh, substitu substitutionary atonement. And, you know, I'm hearing the voice of, Vadi Bakum and all these different reformed guys. I didn't know what reformed was. I didn't know, like I wasn't, I didn't wake up looking for Christianity, you know? Um, but on one side, I knew that something was off about this lodge and this Freemasonry thing um, and begrudgingly joining it in the first place. And now I'm exposed and I'm, I'm, I'm hearing the gospel. And so I'm like, this wasn't the Christianity I was even, I was ever even exposed to. So I immediately start, okay, like 
I start research. Okay, who's this guy? So I'll go on the, the documentary and I'll find the name. Okay, and I type in the name and all these Paul Washer sermons start coming <laughs> up. And so I'm listening to his preaching. And uh, I look, I, I Google or uh, YouTube a few other guys, Vadi Bakum, and I'm listening to him. And these guys are like just blowing me away. And at the same time, I'm starting to, the, the, the feeling of conviction is slowly starting to um, accelerate. Um, and so I had a Bible at the time, an old like men's Bible. Um, it was like back in like the bottom of my army books. So I dig it out and I'm like, well, it's called the American gospel and they're talking about the gospel and Jesus Christ. So I'm like, I don't know where to start, but I'm just start reading these gospels. And um, I start digging through the gospels and I start listening to these sermons. And like I said, I was, I was, I was truly convicted. And so one day I'm sitting in my room um, and I guess I would fast forward. So I leave Korea um, and I, I'm slowly, so once I left Korea, I completely distanced myself from um, my Freemason brothers at the time. And so I knew though, um, I knew that it was a day of reckoning where I was gonna either have to stand for Christ and and what, what, what I was feeling inside or I was gonna compromise. Like I knew that day was coming, um, especially with the, the friend that was, he was the leader and that was my friend at the same time. And so I leave Korea and at this point, like I'm not thinking about anything, but I need to find a church and I need to hear more. The, I need to hear the word of God in person. Um, so I get back uh, providentially, the Lord sends me back to Fort Sill, Oklahoma. And so I had left two years before and it, not on good terms. It was pretty, probably the, the most tumultuous, darkest part of my life. So I didn't want to come back to Fort Sill, Oklahoma and anything that was um, attached to Fort Sill. Mm -hmm. So I get back to Fort Sill and it's the middle of the COVID crisis. And I'm like, I don't care. So I'm going to, I'm going to find a church. And so I'm Googling churches left and right. And every Sunday it was like, it was like church hopping. I would go and I'll peek inside and make sure they was open. And either I was turned away because they were doing like selective members or they were closed or um, they would let me in. I'll be like the only person in there. Um, and so in this time, God was really growing in my heart. And, um, and I was also reading the scriptures. And so one day, and this is the day that I truly believe that like the weight, the very weight of my sin um, hit me like a ton of bricks. I'm sitting in my apartment um, and all my, so if you're familiar with the army and um, army moves, you know, like a lot of times overseas army moves, your, um, your belongings come maybe a few weeks after like you, you show up on the scene. So um, I had kept a semblance of a, of a, a library <laughs> with all the wrong stuff. Anyways, um, a lot of stuff from when I was part of the, the 5% community and all these writings and, in, 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 in books. And so I'm sitting there and by myself and then I just break down. And so I broke down. I remember distinctively and I'm not like, if I watch a sad movie, it's very hard for me to like, I'm not, not a tough guy, but it's just hard for me to be moved like to, to cry. 
Um, and so I'm sitting there and I wasn't expecting to, to open this particular box of all these books, but like the weight of my rebellion and denial of Christ just like shattered me. And I just start crying. I was on the phone, had to hang up and I just start crying. I remember that day distinctively. And I don't think I would ever forget that day. Um, and I realized just kind of like how foolish I was and how much grace God still had, um, for me as a sinner. And so from that day moving forward, um, you feel like that's when your conversion happened that day or prior. So it's, it's weird. I think in that, in that barracks room in South Korea, that's the day my heart was actually regenerated. Um, I would say that day that I'm speaking about once I got back stateside, that's the day that, um, you just can't get you can't gave a you kind of gained a new or like a true a, surrender a, a greater understanding of like all that Christ had done for you. Period. Right there, exactly. That's how I would um I would state that right there. Um. So and then from that day on, um, you know, God started to bring um godly men into my life that started to disciple me and and teach me what I was really reading in the scriptures and what that meant. And then also I was on a steady diet of Paul Washer. <laughs> so like uh, the, 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 the whole concept and I'm on a more serious note, the whole concept of the holiness and the reverence of God and, and how much I had offended God. And I knew how, like I knew before coming to faith, um, if there was a holy God, I was in deep, I was in deep trouble. Like I knew that because I knew I had swam all the way out there in the ocean and I had no way to get back. And I really was like, oh, well, I'm out here. Mm. So that would be um, that would be the major parts of my testimony and how the Lord found me in my filth. Um, Now, going to your question there, um, why would it be a cult? So I think you have to first realize that, like. The origins, a lot of people in um, a lot of a lot of Freemasons don't really know the origins mm-hmm. and some right. of the Gnostic origins. And so as I started to become a student in the scripture and I'm reading, you know, first John, second John, third John, and realize what these biblical authors was writing to combat. Mm-hmm. And I started to, you know, um, see what was, you know, the, the first century Greco Roman landscape of the same old the same old heresies in a different box, whether it's the Egyptian mystery mystery schools and or the the paganism that Paul is combating in some of his epistles, I'm like, okay, this is exactly where it comes from because you know in in Freemasonry, it's first off, I guess the overarching um, making good men better. I was like, well. I tried, like, I tried this self-mastery thing. I tried this self-help thing. I tried this life coaching thing. I, like, I still was stuck. So, like, that's a that's a fallacy. <laughs> so um, that started to peel back the onion. And then, um, you know, it's about, it, it's, it was always about getting more light, mm-hmm. getting more light. And I'm like, hold on. Like, there can't be a conversation about light if Jesus isn't the light, yeah. you know? And so I started to see these, like, these gigantic contradictions. Um, once I was kind of removed outside of the bottle and I was able to read the, the label clearly with the with the discernment that the Lord was growing in me. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> seeing the foundations and then also knowing like, um, knowing how much the Bible is a symbol, but it was, there was no authority of, you know, it wasn't exclusive 
enough as real Christianity was, you know? And so I didn't just, um, I, you know, I, 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 unfortunately I took oaths and, um, I, I kind of started climbing a ladder. So I saw things that necessarily the, the guy on the street doesn't, mm. you know what I mean? That just right. signs up and he wants the, the connections or mm. the networking, um, capability that, that allows. And so, I mean, I, I praise God, man, because for me, you know, a lot of times I look back at my testimony and, um, when I look at the truth of scripture and, you know, being predestined and foreordained, you know what I mean? Um, I know now I know God had me marked, but you know, I oftentimes I would wonder like, why didn't God give me over? Because I wanted to be given over, you know what I mean? I did everything too. Um, and so praise God um, that his grace, like I, like truly, um, like in my evangelism now, um, sometimes it's on surface level and it's, it might seem in our own logic that someone might be unsavable, but if there was somebody to be unsavable, I was unsavable because I wanted to be. And, you know, um, God called and I, I had to answer. Mm. So... That's what I would say. But um, yeah, it's the, the whole where the enlightened few and the origins that that just, yeah. you know, right. that it, makes it. It's very much similar to like the old Roman mystery religions. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think the danger of it, you, 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 you touched on it, is that there are different levels and just your average entry level mason it's more of like just kind of a guy's club isn't it yeah it just kind of it's just kind of a brotherhood you you do you know service projects out in the community but once you start climbing the ladder there's there's more of the this this mystery religion for for sure um and you know like i mean no one's no one's looking at the shriners and being like these are like on the same level as like the Mithra <laughs> cult. Exactly. Yeah, you know, it's like, oh, they, you know, they're they're raising money for a cho- a for a children's hospital. Yeah, yeah you're not all that stuff. They, they're, they're driving around in little tournament. cars and, yeah, and they wear their funny hats. Yeah, don't worry about the funny hats. Yeah, yeah. And so a lot of people wouldn't know the initiation mm-hmm. and the rituals mm-hmm. that it takes to become part of that. Um, and so, um, you're able to, like, I I have I have you know, friends, I call friends that I've had to share the hard truth mm. and I've had to call them, you know, call them to repent and believe. And they still have, have brothers that I think, you know, and I, I'm, I'm, I pray that they come out of that deception because it's just a grand old deception. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like realizing like, look, like all your charity and all your good works until they're qualified by a regenerate heart, like they don't count. Yeah. You know, but that that's a that's a guys it's a it's a it's a facade to many men that don't necessarily might have never been exposed to to any idea of 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 a Christian God, of the Christian God mm. and or Christianity and they they want to pull themselves up by the bootstraps and that's the that's the lie right. um, offered huh. to them and they're like well these guys are decent they have good jobs they're not right. you know mm-hmm. and so. A lot of um, a lot of people get sold on all, all of the above. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, good. yeah, very good. Um, what would you say to those who maybe maybe they're listening and they 
aren't Christians, what is the uniqueness about the gospel in Christ? And like, and not just purely from an intellectual perspective either, but from like an experiential and in, in the experiential level, you know what I mean? Like uh, where, like where, meeting God, how is that? impact the reality of the world that you're living in and like who you are as a person. So I, w- I would first say, um, and I say to many unbelievers, the world tells you do Christ tells you it's done now go forth and, and be grateful for that. And in, in being grateful for that, um, all the, the, the parts of you that you acknowledge that needs fixing and, and, revamping and all that and reforming and all those things, the power of God enables that transformation. Um, and, and, and it's, it's hard to describe, but, um, there, there's, there's a freedom. Um, there's a, there's a weightiness of, of, of your shortcomings that's lifted off you. The minute you actually surrender, um, to Christ in, the gospel is truly good news, but I think um, saying to all that might be listening, you, you got to acknowledge the bad news. Like you, you can't save yourself, and that's for me. That's why I had to realize I can't say. Like there's no amount of intellectualism and self help or philosophy that can allow you to save yourself. So you, these these various cults and religions, they're they're promoting self like self salvation. For sure, for right. sure. That's a great way to encapsulate it all. Yeah, promoting, I mean, whether it's um, good men making men better <laughs> or it's man is God and I don't need to believe in a mystery God in the sky and I am myself Lord and master, all those different things. Yeah, it all comes down to um, self-salvation, mm. you know? Yeah. That's great, man. Yeah. Whatever, what other questions? <laughs> this is a fun conversation. I'm getting yeah. into it. Yeah. Shoot. Yeah. yeah. How, how did you not find our church earlier? <laughs> that's a good that's you're a listening great to question. Paul, you're listening to Paul Washer and you're listening to Vody. And <laughs> Bro, I was on a steady diet. Like, even, even guys that, um, you know, so I'm here and I had army buddies that were back in Korea. I'm like, bro, like, I know you need to lodge, but you need to listen to Paul Washer. Like, this is it. Like, <laughs> and, like, they would, they would like, kind of, like, leave it on red. And I'm yeah. like, hold on. Like, you don't understand. Like, did you not hear what did you not watch a sermon? Like, like, did you not feel what I felt listening to that? Um, it can't be any clearer. Um, and so eventually I um, – I started just diversifying who I was listening to. <laughs> yeah. But I'm telling you, um Yeah, you listen to Paul Washer uh just exclusively and, and it's gonna be you're gonna feel beat down all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was actually listening to listening to him this morning. It's funny you say that. <laughs> um but sometimes I need to hear that. <laughs> sometimes I need to hear some Paul Washer. Um so again, so I it was a Google search on my end, but I think God providentially led me to where I was attending. Mm-hmm. And in that season, he had me there. He grew me through um, some amazing um, godly men. And it was also a season for me to leave, you mm-hmm. know, um, with. So 
you know, once I discovered, so not only Paul Washer and Vadi, but I discovered R.C. Sproul early mm -hmm. on. And, you know, then sitting with um, the the brother that was discipling me, I'm like, okay, so have you, and I'm like, yo, have you heard this guy? Have you heard this guy? He's like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, yeah, they came up with this concept of Tulip. And I'm like, what's Tulip? What's the, like, teach me more. Like, teach me more. He's like, well, I, I don't fit my theology into acoustic but like this is what it stands for so then i get to do my own research and i'm like okay and i hold up macarthur and i started listening to some macarthur and i started listening to some piper and this was early on like this is any like before i even knew there was like i would have known there was a reformed church or what reformed meant so i just thought this was the brand, this was biblical Christianity. That's, uh, originally, like not just even saying it for the sake of our conversation, that's what I initially thought. And then um, I was in a church that was come to realize <laughs> after teaching a uh, Sunday school lesson on Romans 9, how I understood it at that time and getting a real cold reception of the room and didn't <laughs> understand why. But my brother that was discipling me kind of told me, kind of let me in on a secret that it was like heavily anti Calvinistic <laughs> at this uh, particular um, this particular church. Although you know, I would definitely say I met some amazing saints, um, and I still have some amazing brothers and sisters in Christ yeah. from that place. Um, but the theology was definitely off, mm. <laughs> and so then I moved. I transitioned back to okay, like well. I don't want to be in a camp. I want to be more balanced, right? And that was my thing. Well. You know, but I'm still listening to then I discovered Steve Lawson and I started going to history. I'm like, hold up, he's so hold on, he's he believes in the doctrines of grace, as he would call it. He's a Calvinist. And I'm yeah. like, so then I was stuck with the um I was in a in a in a weird place in terms of okay, did all these um giants of the faith, you know, and they're men, obviously not putting anyone on a pedestal, did they all get it wrong and this guy on YouTube that I discovered, Laden Flowers, he has it right, right? So um, oh, I couldn't. You, I had, could, you had to bring him into the had conversation. Had to bring him into the conversation. Um, so I, <laughs> amen, like that's, he's, he's in, he's, his ministry is impacting a lot of people. It is, it it's is. Not, uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. For better or for worse, George yeah. is better impacted me a lot of times. <laughs> um, so, but again, I'm listening to that, and I'm listening to the to both sides of the aisle, so to speak. And I'm like, ah. and you know, I, I hear you know, I hear a short like seven minute presentation by Piper on limited atonement. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Um, unless I'm saying it wasn't good enough, like. You know, and I hear different, uh, I guess, argumentation from the scriptures on um, different pillars of Calvinism. And I'm like, why does, like, to me, I've always told people that I think the truth has an undeniable weight, mm. right? Has an undeniable weight. And so I was feeling that undeniable weight, but that's not um, where I was in the, the, the church family I was part of. That was not the theology. Um, so I think that's an, an encouragement though, that there are other faithful Christians. Like oh, we're sure. not the, we're not the one, the one true church here. There are other Christians in Lawton, even if we would disagree on some theological points, that that's, 
I think that's an encouragement. No, it definitely is. It definitely is. And, and, and for me, I had to understand, okay, this is the theology of soteriology. Like this is the doctrine of salvation that I think biblically holds up under scrutiny. However, if you believe in faith alone, uh, by grace alone and through faith alone, like you're, you're a believer in Christ alone, you're a believer. Like that's all I, like we're right. brothers if you are yeah. that, that single point, you know? Right. So um, I think sometimes... Um, it is encouraging to your point, and I think sometimes that's lost mm -hmm. in the whole the battleground of yeah. anti-Calvinism versus right. Calvinism or Reformed, whatever you want to title it. And so for me, when, um, you know, unfortunately, but at the same, I say unfortunately, but I, again, I think it was providentially um, events took place in that church for me to 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 open my eyes to other options of um, of of churches here in Lawton. And I had a um, a great past, a pastor mentor that was outside of that same network of uh, church family that pointed me in this direction. And you know, you you guys is right outside of 52nd Street Gate. So if you're a military guy and you're a believer, you're like, oh, there's a church there. Or you just drive by. <laughs> like, for me, I was like, oh, there's a church there, right? Yeah. <laughs> and with that, like, okay, there's a church there. Then being um, being pointed um, in direction, well, let's go try that out. Um, and then it was, you know, the dots, the stars aligned. And you want to use that word. I thought, you got, I thought you got out of the mystery religion. <laughs> um, and sat down with I sat down with with Jay and yeah. I think one of the first things that you said to me that was very impactful Jay was that you can be part of this church family you don't have to be a Calvinist mm. like that's not my goal my goal is to bring people to, to Christ and I think that should be the goal right um, and you would that's not necessarily and I'm sure there's there's you know there's plenty of more you know, when I when I listen to Steve Lawson live, he's not up there preaching this Calvinistic conversion, right. like you need to be a Calvinist. No, he's preaching Christ and Christ crucified and what the scripture says in front of him. And so um Yeah, I think one of the things those things lined for, up for me. Um if you if you've never been a part of a church that really does expository preaching, if they're doing expository preaching, you may show up on a Sunday and think you're at an Arminian church. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's because someone who is trying to do expository preaching isn't going to force feed their theology into the particular text they're preaching that morning. So um, that might be newer for some people, or the stereotypes maybe that are out there about our church in particular, that may be a surprise to them <clears throat> to know that like they, this is not what we're doing here. Remember, I took my dad once. My dad went with us to a Shepherd's Conference, and he was like, and we're like, Ten sermons in, he's like, "This is uh, this is awesome. I, like, this is one of the great ex great experiences. Like, this is incredible." But I haven't heard anything like Calvinistic at all. I'm like, "Well, that's not you know that's not the conference, and that's that wasn't in any of the texts these guys are preaching." That I was like, "Just hang on a second, because Steve Lawson's about to preach John ten. Oh boy, <laughs> did I watch that sermon? John ten, <laughs> yeah, and so." It's coming out in John ten because it's in the text, mm -hmm. and he took out he took out the uh, 
the ATACM's missile of doctrine and blew it up, bro. Like it, it was a, a gospel explosion went off in that place. And I was like, what, what do you think now? You know, he's like, yeah, I def- definitely. I said, like, well, it's right there in the text. Can you argue with it? You know, but my dad wasn't trying to argue with it. He was just making yeah. an observation, which I think is a valid one. It's important for people to understand, even like if they're looking for a church, maybe they're even reformed, right? And they move, like say you move in the army, like you don't want to go search out for that Calvinistic church that this is the this is their thing that they're you know they're beating this drum. Go to a place where they're preaching expositional, like they're preaching expositional sermons. And that's what they want to do. They want to honor God and be faithful to his word. And that's a priority. You know what I mean? For sure. I would say you can, for me, in finding a church home here, you can take away, let's just let's just put Calvinism and the five points over there in the corner for a quick second, right? And I think this can go for any faithful Christian looking for a, a Bible-believing church. If you actually look at the descriptives, the biblical descriptives of what church is supposed to be like and what churches, um, the structure of the church, um, and just even do a short study on ecclesiology, um, whether it's eldership and certain certain distinct things come out in the scripture, New Testament epistles over and over and over. Um, for me, it was, it, it was a blessing, but it was easy identifiable mm. here. Like, never mind, like... What's the the distinctives on salvation? I mean, that those are important, right? I'm not trying to downplay them, but let's just look at like what I mean. I was coming from a church that wasn't structured like what churches in the scriptures. So like that was like that sold me enough to say, oh wow, there's like I've, I've said it to you over and over, Jay. There's a true plurality of elders here. And oh, by the way, they're all biblically qualified. <laughs> you know, I think that was that was stunning for me and it, it shouldn't be. Mm. But like those type of um, identif- identifiable marks gives any believer the discernment coming straight from the scripture. Not, okay, uh, I think I'm reformed enough now. Let me go look for a reformed church. It didn't go down like that, you know? Yeah. Although some might say that. Not right, right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, it's a challenge to have multiplurality of elders. Like, it's, I think it's a bigger challenge than, like, say, if you're the dude at a church. Um, to use common language, right? You're the dude. The CEO. Is that the common the, language? Yeah, you call the shots, and, and you're, you're, you're like... Right, the guy, because you have there's a lot in a plurality of elders. That's not the way it should be. Like some, it probably they still probably do that, you know, like maybe Driscoll's old church, good old Mars Hill, which caught up with them eventually. But um, there's accountability, and there's got to be a measure of humility that is involved if you're going to serve with a group of other men. And then for the bivocational guys, it's an even bigger sacrifice, I think. So like you've heard Parker preach, you've heard Philip, you've heard Dave. They're all they're all have full time jobs. So what kind of impression did that make on you to come to our church and to hear laymen who were called by God to become elders and then now to preach? What what kind of impression did that give you? It was it was refreshing. It was refreshing um because again it, it's 
I saw the spirit of God being able to work through various various different men on any given Sunday to feed the flock. Like I think that like that was that was very impressionable, but it was just refreshing because I didn't see that at all. And so it was almost like this mystery unicorn like can't be found in Laden. Like truly can't be found in Laden. So like I like so it, you know, there was other things um where I was coming from. There was a few different things that was off and you know, uh, it, those things were identified behind closed doors, but change wasn't happening. So um, with what you're saying, to your point, that's, it was real refreshing. But also, like, um, seeing other, other, other things, like, for example, um, new members class, right, or introduction with no obligation or obligatory feeling of you got to join because you're a new members class. But... <laughs> Here's upfront transparently what we believe, what we teach, and how um how church governance work in this local body of believers. Um, you know, I had never read church bylaws, but I'd heard about church bylaws, being able to freely read the church bylaws and see that it wasn't any kind of technical theological jargon in there that I couldn't understand or the lay believer couldn't understand. Um it, again, it, it added up to things being done um, not by um, elevated men of status, but mm-hmm. closely as possible to what the scriptures said that I already learned. Yeah. So you, you've been a part of a couple cults, and you might find this interesting, but believe it or not, we've been called a cult. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to number three. <laughs> <laughs> by, uh, by other uh, other Baptists. So so what, what, are, what are my titles that I get to... Uh, boast in the Lord about. Um, Not a real Baptist, um, which is, that one's pretty funny to me. Mm. Um, uh, Not a real Christian. Those are fighting words. Um, The Lord saved me, and many people are recipients of that blessing. Not a real Christian. Take that one personal. Hey, we got uh, baptized by the but same here's guy, one that's, so I'm not even... <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. We won't go into that, but keep going. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, then we're a cult. This one makes me laugh, because we're a cult. We literally do everything in the open. Right. Like you're saying, we, like, we give you the whole Constitution and bylaws. And we say, here it is. This is what we're about. If you want to join us, then... Yeah, I was going to ask you, like, what would you say are some distinguishing marks between... We because we've been called a cult, you've actually been in two cults. <laughs> what, what what are what are some things that people can look at? Because they might have people that are in cults that don't realize that they're in cults. I mean, what are, some, what are some things to what are some things to look for to say? No, you you actually are in a cult. <laughs> That's a good question, and I think. So I'll start, I guess, on the positive end of the spectrum with my experience here so far. Um, It it was clear to me that, again, it was the authority of Scripture. It wasn't these elders that were elevated above the flock that, okay, this is how they want to run things. Because that wouldn't be no, like, eldership can fail. Like, it's not just this, you know what I mean, Um, this idealized vision that I had that I finally found here. Mm -hmm. Um, In terms of distinguishable... um, markers and again these those two 
communities would not call themselves cults. That's right. the title I gave because I think that's the most accurate. And um, it's just function, functioning, I would say, functioning off of man-based doctrines mm. and smoke and mirrors. And then, um, like, a, as a believer, just like we have evidence of faith that we can biblically continually examine ourselves to see if we're walking in the faith, like, we don't get that from each other as much as we go back to the word of God, the authority of God, regardless of how we feel to determine like, okay, like I'm, I'm moving in the right direction. Um, in, in these various cults, uh, I, I don't think, I think it's, it's, it's man based, um, affirmation. Hmm. Like you're in a, you're, you're, you're attending meetings and you're, you're doing things and you're getting approval from, your brothers just like um you know a, a a gang member would have to do certain things to be in good standing you know i don't know that's the best way i can answer that question i think it was a great question but i mean it's it's very hard i guess i would end it with saying it's very hard to to read the label when you're inside the bottle right you right. know like i didn't I mean, I can easily sit here and said that, like, yeah, I, I figured out better. So, like, I mm. found the Lord. But, like. That's not what happened, huh? Like, like, George, he chose me. I didn't wake up. And even after a lot of the, 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 the dark trials and things I had going on in my life and feeling like my life was falling apart at, <laughs> at the age of 30, um, I still didn't wake up and be like, you know, I wasn't in a jail cell. I didn't get a DUI. The Army actually didn't kick me out or they weren't going to kick me out. Um everything was headed at least upwards. So I didn't wake up and say like, I'm going to be a Christian today. This is what's going to fix my life, Christianity. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to really yeah. say, you know? Yeah. Um, I think one thing you can <laughs> see is like maybe they have like more knowledge to be gained once you cross like this gateway. Okay, now you're here. Now there's more knowledge to be gained. Whereas in... A biblical Christianity, it's just all right there. Right. Like yeah. nothing's hidden from you. You have access to God's word, like anybody else. You're free to read it. It's all right there for you. There's and, nothing hidden. Right. I, I think that's one of the just to to press on it a little bit more. I think that's one of the criticisms that that people wrongly ascribe to Calvinism is that we're the chosen ones and we've got special knowledge. Because I that's one of the criticisms is it's like Gnostic. Yeah. Um, but all we're doing is saying it's it's what's in the text. It's right. not something in us. Like we haven't done something to make ourselves the chosen ones. Like it's like you said, I, I didn't choose God. God chose me. And it wasn't because of anything in me. It's because of his own mercy and love uh, that he had for me in Christ. Mm hmm. And we see that laid out in in the text, so it's not some kind of secret hidden knowledge. You can open the book and you can read it yourself, right? For sure, I think like not being um, not coming from this region of of the country. Mm -hmm. uh, I think cultural Christianity that's found in large doses mm -hmm. around this region, definitely. Um, can easily um, lull people into thinking they did, mm. you know? Right. Um, for me, for a long time, I was, I knew my testimony, but I, 
I really tried not to necessarily read my testimony onto the scripture, but I knew like, hold on, like, like, unfortunately, you know, like I was the complete opposite. I cursed God. I cursed church. I, you know, like in those, a lot of the, the black liberation circles, um, you know, it's, oh, that white Jesus was given to us during slavery. So how dare you believe in, in, in a white God? Like, there's no way that's the right answer. And then, you know, you look at historical truth. He was a Palestinian, you know what I mean? Like, right. So like it's sold to you and in, in package. And, and, and that's one thing that I've been, I think you, you, you touched on it earlier when we were talking about um, the Sparkle Creed. And I was, I was sharing with a lot of people recently that when something's like outright, like wrong or falsehood, like even the discerning unbeliever can easily identify it. But um, when you have to to trace truth amiss falsehood and like untangle it, mm. that's when most people are like, ah, right, well, eh, it looks good. Mm. It's easier to buy into that counterfeit. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. Well, that's good, man. Yeah, appreciate it. You have any any other questions? I don't think so. I mean, it's it was it was great just hearing how God saves sinners. Yeah, there, and that's an that's an encouragement. I mean, we live in such um, a frustrating time in our history, where it just seems like everything is just becoming darker and darker and darker. And I mean, you've got people making the sparkle creed and, <laughs> and and it's just it's just insanity abounds and we can feel like what's the hope yeah hearing your your testimony is a good reminder that god still saves sinners yeah and it was not because you were sitting in a church looking for it, it god found you when you weren't looking for him and nothing can Period. stop nothing can uh, it's like paul says you know he's he's in chains but the word of god is is not bound right yeah. and i, I think Indeed. that that's an encouragement that christians need to hear it's like just continue to to proclaim the gospel and be faithful and trust god yeah yeah, yeah. and a good reminder too that you know while, while we're blessed to live in the time we we are we need to be utilizing like technology right? like so you god christ came looking for you through media through media right yeah. he came looking for his lost sheep and he came to you you heard his voice and it's because somehow you know in that algorithm you were fed that whether that's because someone you knew had shared something like that who knows but i think it's a good uh, reminder that while we can it's nothing to share things that are good. It takes one second. Just share stuff on your social media. You know, share YouTube videos. Like, is this where is this where we Parker? Is this where we say if you want to donate to the podcast, uh, thumbs up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. We need that third mic. You see, see, we got these. We got these. Shane's got these. Yeah. <laughs> huh? No. But Parker doesn't have headphones on at all. <laughs> yeah. Parker doesn't even have headphones. Yeah. Um, oh, for sure. You know, you hear a lot, and there's definitely pit holes and and the bad side of social media, but it right. can be used for a good. Too. Yeah. I mean, like while while we can, who knows what's coming in the future? But mm -hmm. um, might as well be about sharing stuff. So yeah. George, I'm going to save something for you special. It's called the outro. 
Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let me hear it, George. Let me hear it. Uh, <laughs> should let Shane do it. <laughs> I, I didn't remember. Uh, yeah, yeah. Shane, thank you so much for uh, yeah, for thanks, joining man. us today. It was it was really good. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. Um, hopefully, this has been encouraging for you, especially if you're a member of of Christ Fellowship Church. Um, Shane is wanting to join the church, and so here's a good opportunity to just hear your testimony and get to know you a little bit more, even if it's, if it's through a, a podcast. But thank you so much for being here. If it's been an encouragement, please make sure to like, subscribe, share. Um, we want to get uh, the news of the gospel out to as many people as we can, and this is one of the means that we can do it. So please make sure to, uh, to share this uh, on uh, different social media platforms. Um, and, uh, I don't know what, what's the plan, Jay, we got anything planned, uh, next week, maybe. All right. Maybe doing another testimony. Maybe another testimony. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see what happens. Right. God's sovereign. <laughs> if the Lord wills, we will do this or that. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right. Well, until then have a great weekend. God bless.